welcome to a new podcast from the director of the Oregon Department of Human Services, Fairbors Paxaresht. The podcast is designed for you to get the information you need to make the connection between your work and the department mission and priorities. Our department is serving 1.5 million Oregonians, and the population is growing more diverse. Advancing equity and inclusion for our staff and the people we serve is a department priority. The Office of Equity and Multicultural Services, known as OEMS, leads our efforts to keep up with the changing demographics inside and outside the organization. Fairbors and Alberto Moreno, the director of the Office of Equity and Multicultural Services, discuss how equity and inclusion are being integrated into all the work we do. Alberto, thank you for joining me to talk about advancing equity and inclusion in the department. The work of equity and inclusion is so essential to our success in DHS, since we serve as many as one and a half million Oregonians and a population that has increasingly become culturally and linguistically diverse. Our workforce and practices must also keep up with our changing demographics. This has clear and compelling implications for the work that we do each day, and that's why I ask that each of us integrate or continue to integrate equity and inclusion in all the work that we do. Equity and inclusion must become the foundation for everything that we do in DHS. Alberto, as the leader of the team most responsible for advancing the goal of equity and inclusion, can you help us better understand the work that your team does? Thank you, Fairbors. Our charge at OEMS is to ensure that we provide equitable service to the 1.5 million clients we serve to make sure that all folks are served with respect and dignity, regardless of the language they speak, regardless of race, national origin, disability, sexual orientation, or veteran status. More specifically, we assist with getting interpreter and translation services for clients. We work to hire and retain a diverse workforce. We help to address discrimination and civil rights issues. We provide diversity and inclusion training for staff and we help the agency identify and address disparities. OEMS exists because historical and structural inequities exist. We exist because DHS is committed to becoming a just and equitable organization. Alberto, can you share with us some of the work that your team is doing to move the work of equity and inclusion forward in DHS? Thank you, Fairboris. I think for us at OEMS, that begins with developing a unified equity framework. You know, as I survey the history of this organization, it occurs to me that we've never had a unified equity framework, which is to say we've never really identified what are those equity mechanisms, what are those equity levers that we can engage in the environment to get us closer to equity. At our office, at OEMS, we've been thinking about this now for over a year. We've been dreaming about it. We've been discussing it. Uh, we've been bringing our best thinking to it. And really, it's a simple question. The simple question is, what equity levers are at our disposal that if we leverage, we can create a more equitable environment within DHS, can create more equitable services for the clients that we serve. We've identified a number of those equity levers. They include policy, they include a diverse workforce, they include 
training. They include resourcing equity work appropriately and commensurately. And they also include making sure that our practices are equitable moving forward. Part of that work means uh, being in allyship and in full partnership with the six programs within DHS to make sure that we help them develop equity plans, that we help them identify based on data, which is another equity lever, what are those disparities that our communities are facing. Once we have an understanding of what are those gaps, what are those disparities, then we can bring forward community solutions, strategies that are informed by community and by best practice to help ameliorate those 150 years of inequitable practice, of inequitable policies. This is what we're hoping to do at OEMS with your help. Thank you. And that really helps to define and identify some of those levers. So if we were to kind of envision the future together, if for whatever amount of time that this work might take, if we kind of move the time forward and say we have now arrived or are close to arriving at that place where we are fulfilling our vision of equity and inclusion in DHS, what would the organization look like? How would DHS look different than it does today? Thank you, Fairboard. And, you know, maybe if you also want to, like, reflect on it, that's the first question. And then the second part of that is, let's say, an individual um, who currently um, is a person of color, mm -hmm. how would they might feel that difference within their daily activities? Thank you. I think you've actually hit on sort of our definition of equity. Our definition of equity is really premised on this idea that you just surfaced, which is to say that when my race, my sexual orientation, my gender identity, my disability status, my veteran status cannot predict my life outcomes, then we've achieved equity. That is to say, when we develop a system that gives me that same opportunity, gives folks with a disability the same opportunity to thrive, then we know that we have equity in the environment. We know that our services, that our processes, that our policies are what they need to be to ensure everyone has the same equitable opportunity to thrive in this, our great org. Great. So, you know, also when you talk about um, the diversity that we bring to the table and not determining our outcomes and our future, are we also talking about barriers? Um, because currently it appears that there are certain barriers in place that because of some of those differences may prevent the individual to achieve their full potential. So is part of the work that you and your team are doing is to identify and remove those barriers. That's right. We, we need to both understand and own that our history in Oregon has involved a time where policies, laws were enacted that disadvantage certain groups of people. And so before we can say that we've given everybody the same equitable opportunity to succeed, we need to identify what are those systemic and structural barriers that 
historically were put into place that disadvantage certain groups of people. Now, we have an idea of what they are, and we can certainly talk about them, educate about them, but we are not at OEMS invested in having people feel bad about that history, about feeling shame about that history. It's important for us to acknowledge it and then to move forward, to, to not reside at a place of guilt, but to say, how can I harness my new understanding? How can I harness my commitment to equity to make sure that everybody else has the same equitable opportunity that I've had? So it's important to understand that perhaps the narrative we were given around Oregon's history isn't fully accurate. Let us understand it better. Let's redefine it and let's make this a more equitable place for all. Thank you. And I think that's so important because my own understanding has significantly shifted and changed around the history of Oregon by some of the trainings that we have attended together lately, again, thanks to you and the OEMS team. And I imagine that many others may also not be aware of the true history of Oregon around equity and inclusion. How can we create that learning environment so that that education can be conveyed to others who may not be aware of it? Because awareness and education is the first step before any understanding or change can take place. And how can OEMS help us with that? Thank you. I, I think for us, that's really the opportunity, is how do we help to inform and shape that full narrative of Oregon's history? Because we're all carrying really an incomplete narrative that is not accurate, uh, that doesn't include a discussion or an understanding of how some folks were indeed structurally and systemically disadvantaged from the very foundation of the state. It's our incumbent responsibility at OEMS to help put together an educational plan that will help to address some of those gaps in knowledge, some of those gaps in understanding. And that is what my team is committed to doing. Our office specifically has the sentinel training that we provide and is required for all staff to t attend, which is the pause training, and talks about some of that history, gives a more complete accounting of the founding of the state so that we can understand our place within it. So it is our responsibility then to make sure that we provide those learning opportunities as we have and will continue to do so for cabinet because we need cabinet to lead before we expect others to follow uh, in their commitment to equity. Uh, thank you, Alberto, for your leadership. And I also want to thank your team for the work that they're doing to help us with the goals of equity and inclusion in DHS. And thanks everyone for listening. As the largest state agency in Oregon, serving one in four Oregonians along the entire continuum of life, we are committed in our everyday work and our long-term goals to equity and inclusion. This is especially true in our commitment to create an environment and culture that appreciates and honors the dignity and worth of every individual. Working together, we will move DHS forward on the path to equity. Thank you for lending your unconditional support to fulfill our vision of equity and inclusion for all. 
That concludes this discussion about the Office of Equity and Multicultural Services and how it's helping advance equity and inclusion across the department. You can find more information about OEMS on our internal staff website. Open your internet browser and type in OWL, O-W-L, to get there. We'd love to hear from you. This podcast is for you to get the information you need to make the connection between your work and the department mission and priorities. Send your feedback and ideas for future episodes by email to the DHS Director's Office at dhs.directorsoffice at state.or.us. A big thanks to our Publications and Creative Services team for their technical support. You can subscribe to future episodes wherever you get your podcasts.